You're listening to the Filthy Fantasy Football Show. everybody welcome into another exciting episode of the filthy fantasy football show safe space for you foul mouth fantasy players out there uh big rome abandoned us tonight so it's just big king josh josh king fantasy fish how's it going well it's good buddy getting ready uh getting ready for the weekend and it's the best part yeah man football time playoff time i in our home league you know we were joking about it that i have somehow eked into the playoffs despite me being the lowest point team in the entire league, but wins are win. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm really, really hoping standings stay the same so I can play you. We'll see. Yeah, and you're gonna crush me. <laughs> I'm ready for my ready for my first round exit, but it's okay. Um, although, despite all the leagues I'm in, I luckily have no team under 500, so that's that's been pretty good. But yeah, that's solid. I definitely have a, a team that got one win. In one of my leagues. Yeah, but to then, be fair, in that dynasty league, your team is just hurt. We don't even have enough IR spots yeah, for you. I think I have 13 injured. At one point, I had 13 <laughs> players with an injury designation. Yeah, some shit like Dropped down it's a little crazy. bit, but not much. Yeah. but So that's for tonight's show. We're going to talk about some news and noise from around the league. Yeah, we got your Thursday night slash NFC matchups for week Thirteen, starting off not not that this is big news it's just kind of interesting i have read like nine different articles about daniel jones's neck so they were saying he's week to week with glennon potentially playing then there was talks that um jones's neck injury could be season ending and then daniel jones says that he feels fine he thinks he can actually play so to me this was more of a the the weapons of the giants because no one's actively playing daniel jones like you know, he's barely even startable in a super flex league, but this is more like a, a Kadarius Tony Saquon thing. Um, Cause I, I, not that Mike Glennon is a bad quarterback, but I don't think he's any better than Daniel Jones. So that, you know, I, he's I, I not think that's any the worse off- though. <laughs> that's true. It can't get much worse. Who watch Mike Glennon steps in and he just game manages and actually makes them better. It's very possible. Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't, he has moments where he's good. I just don't understand. Like, I didn't like him coming out of college. He's just, when you watch him, he's not a good quarterback. Yeah, he's inconsistent, and that's being considerate. Well, he's just been fortunate with having great, you know, when you had Saquon Barkley before all the injuries, you had the best running back in the league. You know, Kadarius Tony's a freak of nature who can like, see like like I read a thing and it was kind of funny. I don't think it'll ever happen, but they said that uh, yak yards shouldn't go to quarterbacks. It, like it's just as soon as once the the uh, ball is caught, that's that's all the yards of quarter. Because Kadarius Tony's like the king of yak, or not king, but you know he's good at it. Like he'll take that seven yard catch, but turn it into seventy yards and a touchdown. So it's just and Jones reaps the benefit of that, but. I don't know. He's got a big arm. He's awkward. I just, I don't like, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, keep an eye on that. Like I said, even in Superflex, I'm not interested in starting Daniel Jones, but, um, 
Lions running back DeAndre Swift could miss multiple weeks with a sprained shoulder. He wants to return, but he actually hurt his AC joint, and the Lions want to be very cautious, especially because this season's over for him. So it, it's why rush to bring Swift back? You, you got to start thinking longevity. Uh, they're talking about relying heavily on Jamal Williams, but they're also going to get the other running backs involved. But looks like moving forward is going to be the Jamal Williams show. Cowboys wide receiver Mari Cooper did travel with the team to New Orleans. So he is in line to play against the Saints tomorrow night. As well as CeeDee Lamb and Zeke Elliott has no setback. So looks like they're going to be full of their weapons. Although Cedric Wilson, who stepped in for them admirably last week, is the only wide receiver that is not scheduled to play uh, on Thursday. Let's see. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. For the first time since the Texans game back on October 24th. So it's been an entire month since these guys have been here. They were out of practice today. So hopefully both those guys are back. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, I was looking at him, man. He hasn't played in five weeks, but he's still the wide receiver like 30 on the year. I mean, despite all the big games the players have had. I mean, this guy is just, he's so damn good. And Ky- Kyler, you know, uh, who was it? Bill Burr, the comedian, he said he said something about Kyler Murray. He said, when that guy's career is over, he's just going to become big and fat because you can see it in his face. He's just going to be a fat guy when he retires. <laughs> it's very possible. You can kind of see like a little bit of chub in his face, though. He has the biggest fucking head. Like they they list him at like five foot ten or whatever, but he's he's like five foot three and seven inches of just head. It's like an orange on a toothpick. It's fucking massive. Yep, balloon on a string, man. <laughs> That's actually all I have. I don't really have anything else. Yeah, I don't either. A lot, a lot of people didn't practice today, but at, like with the NFL season almost to an end, do you expect almost every I do. veteran to not play? Antonio Brown, they don't think he's going to play. Earlier they said, last week they said he might play against Atlanta. Now they're saying he won't play this week and probably not next week. Yeah, actually, you're right. I did read that. They said it's probably going to be about two weeks till he comes back. So that was a. He looked like a great draft pick, but now just he's been frustrating this entire year. Because when he played, he was like the number six wide receiver. And then now it's. He's just hogging up roster spots. But I don't know. Shame. All right. Well, moving on. Let's go ahead and break down some of these games. Get get to the people what they what they really want. So first off, got the seven and four Dallas Cowboys taking on the five and six New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Dallas is actually favored at minus four and a half, over under at forty seven and a half. We all love Dak this week. He's uh you know New Orleans they have a good defense but they give up a decent amount to the quarterback and the wide receiver positions. So this is a good matchup for Dak. You play Zeke although. I saw that you're a little bit lower on on Zeke. Is this because Pollard is getting more involved because Zeke's been just kind of banged up the last few weeks? I'm guessing that's probably what it is. Yeah, and I I swear I read something that they're going to put Zeke on like a snap count going forward for the time being until he's kind of better. And like they're in a good position to where if they want to make a playoff push once they're, you know, because they're probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, I guess Washington's kind of catching up, but really I, I don't, don't think they're that concerned about him. And, like, why not rest Zeke for the playoffs, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there's a little bit of the Saints defense, too, but I, I do think they're going to 
um, spread the or share the ball in the backfield there. Yeah. Um, with Lamb Cooper back, you're playing them. You play Blake, uh, Dalton Schultz. Now the question I have for you guys, um, you and Rome are a lot lower on Lamb. I have Lamb as a top ten play. Um, was this because we just were worried about the concussion? Because me personally, I think this is a big matchup for for Lamb. I think he has a good game. See, I think that Cooper and Gallup will have a bigger game. If you look at my rankings, um, I'm a lot higher on Gallup as well. But I just think that I think Marshawn Lattimore will probably be over most of the game. Mm. I mean, he could still have a great game. He's CD Lamb. He's really good. You know, and I have him like you have him in the top ten. I have him as a wide receiver too. Like so, it's not like he's that far down there for me. But yeah, a little bit of the coming back from the injury, a little bit of the Marshawn Lattimore thing, and because the way that the Saints' defense is, like they can, they, you could pass on him, but you can't pass to Marshawn Lattimore. Just pass mm. to everybody else. He's way, busy waving that gun around, you know, just scaring everybody. Yeah, man. It's just yeah, it's funny, with CD. <laughs> with CD Lamb uh, on Thanksgiving when they played, um, my girlfriend was like, "What is that thing you always say about guys like chocolate people?" And I was like, "Oh, beautiful chocolate man." She's like, "Yeah, that's beautiful chocolate man." I was like, "CD Lamb is a very handsome man." She was like, "Look at those teeth!" <laughs> and just, I was like, "Yeah, and he's a good player too." But yeah, he's he's got a lot of things going for him. Yeah, good for him. Other side of the ball, Taysom Hill. Um, None of us are that excited for him. Dallas, they've been decent against the quarterback. I just I want to see more out of Taysom Hill before I start. You know, he he was a he was a great fantasy quarterback last year when he filled in for Drew Brees. I think he was a top ten quarterback. I want to say. I mean, memory memory slipping me, but I think he was very fantasy viable. It was he drastically lowered Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Like he wasn't good for those guys, but he was good for himself. Right. But, um, Taysom he, Hill, he's missed a lot. Go I ahead. have him low. I have him 21. Two reasons why. One, from what you said, you want to see it. But he has a plantar fascia injury on his foot right now that he's playing through. And the fantasy value comes from him being running on the ground. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my concern for fantasy purposes. Yeah, so we know how that goes. Alvin Kamara, he's expected to be back. Uh, we all have him in the top 10. Although I'm a little concerned because he's missed an awful lot of time. He's missed three weeks with uh, a knee injury. So I'm a little worried. I just, you know, in terms, because, you know, we, we base our rankings off, you know, half PPR. So, I mean, I just think because of passing volume that picks up, especially because they have no wide receivers right now. So it, it's just, because I, I think what hindered Kamara's production last year with Hill was the fact that they had Michael Thomas still. They had Jared Cook. So they he had weapons to move the, uh, what was it, Willie Sneed? couple other guys that he was able to to allocate the ball to but now since there's basically no one with um you know Troutman's hurt Callaway sucks Traquan Smith is whatever so I I think they're going to heavily rely on Kamara so expect big things from them um the wide receivers I want nothing to do with any of them I like even even with Callaway scoring, t- he didn't score one last week, but three weeks in a row he scored touchdowns. If you looked at stat line, it was like twenty two yards and a touchdown. It's like I don't want, I don't even want that. I, I need I need higher ceiling. So uh, you're just playing. I, I concur. Yeah. You're only you play Kamara and that's it. Now if yes. if Kamara is out, would you play Ingram? Yeah, because I, I really think that even with the quarterback change, their game plan 
if they can manage it, is still going to be run the ball as much as possible and pass mm-hmm. when you have to. Yeah. Now, this could easily get blown up pretty quickly, and they ha- would have to abandon that. But I would still be comfortable with Ingram if Kamara was out. Yeah, makes sense. All right, moving on. Eight and three Buccaneers taking on five and six Falcons. Tampa Bay favorite at minus 11 over under at 50. So implied point total is pretty high. Although Tampa Bay seemingly their game plans have kind of shifted. You know, they lost the game in there. And, uh, you know, last week it was all running. So Tom Brady wasn't that productive. But all of us love Brady this week. Good matchup. Falcons are not a good defense. So that's good. We all love Leonard Fournette, top 10 running back play this week. Um, Godwin Evans, you know, you go with those guys. And then Gronk, man. Gronk Gronk looks great right now. I, I think the time off and not forcing him to come back early, letting him fully get healthy, that's really helped him because he's looking outstanding right now. I mean, he was a, you know, a, a bottom 20 tight end earlier in the year, and now he's a top 10 play weekly. Top five, almost top five weekly, you know, so. Well, even early in the year, he had 29, then 19, then nine points his first three games. Then he got hurt, and he was out mm-hmm. forever. And then 13 yeah. and 19, he's really been a top tight end the whole time. He's just been out for so long. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have another tight end back, you know, with him and Logan Thomas back. Now we have other guys to rank outside of just Kelsey and Kittle and Waller. So, so you, yeah. You, you fire up all your bucks. This is a good matchup for them. Other side of the ball, you play Cordell Patterson. He actually looked good last week. So even though this is a tough matchup, it's just his utilization is just so high. They're constantly feeding him the ball, whether it's out of the backfield. You know he's going to get ten plus targets. So especially because you figure Tampa Bay is going to put up points, so they're going to be forced uh, to to put the ball into Patterson's hands. Um, Kyle Pitts has me a bit worried. Um, you guys are a little higher on him than me. I just he's looked lost and bad the last few weeks. I mean, a lot of that also stems from Matt Ryan being bad and the team just being bad. Period. But um, I mean, j- based on the rankings, you and you and Rome still have full confidence in him. I mean, I feel like you have to play him because he's probably your only tight end. Yeah, I think you have to play him. I, my confidence really just comes from his target volume. Like he hasn't had yeah. less than five targets in that tight end. That's pretty good. You know, you want to see a little bit more at a play from a player of his. You know, I, I wouldn't say caliber, but from his expectation of what he could be. But with that amount of targets, I still think that, you know, he could produce. And they're going to be, I assume, they're going to be down in this game and they're going to need to pass the ball. It's also why I bumped him up a little bit. But otherwise, I would probably have him right around where you do, which is, you you know, you have him at 14. I'd probably have him at 12, like where he'd still be like a a for sure start, but but pretty low. I mean, you know, I I just, I lowered my expectations for him just because he hasn't been productive the last few weeks. I mean, there's a chance that the Tampa Bay defense completely shuts down the Atlanta offense because they're, you know, it, I mean, it all yeah, stems from Matt Ryan, well could. and Matt Ryan hasn't been very good. So, but I mean, like, like I mean, outside of Patterson and Pitts, I'm not really interested in anybody on that team. Yep, same. All right, coming off the bye, Arizona Cardinals nine and two taking on the four and seven Bears. Surprisingly, Cardinals only favored by minus eight over under forty five. Kyler Murray, hopefully you're back and healthy. You fire him up. 
James Conner, man, he leads the league in touchdowns, which if I, you know, I, I see myself as a little bit of a gambling betting man. If you would have told me that James Conner would have the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL, I'd call you a fucking liar. Like, this is insane. Like, there's no possible way. Does he still have the most but, rushing touchdowns after Jonathan Taylor's know. game? I mean, I don't know. It's oh, man, maybe, maybe now he does. But at one point in time, he was... Yeah, well, just two weeks ago. Yeah, he had like 13 or 16 touch or whatever the fuck he had. Like, I was like, God damn, James Conner. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so, you know, you fire him up. You know, despite the Bears being a, you know, decent defense, they're not... They haven't been the Bears of old, especially losing Khalil Mack for the year and all that other stuff. So, uh, DeAndre Hopkins... Hopefully you play too. You know, you fire that man back up. We all have him right outside that wide receiver one range just because he's missed an awful lot of time. So there's a chance he's on a snap count or, you know, so, I mean, but yeah, obviously if he's, if he's playing, you start it's DeAndre freaking Hopkins. Um, I think, you know, we all think Christian Kirk, he's in that wide receiver three flex range. So you probably play him. Zach Ertz. I'm the only one that really loves him. I, I have him as a top 10 play. I just, I really like Zach Ertz. Cause uh, let's see. Since he since he's been acquired by the Cardinals, he's been a top ten tight end every week. Um, so I, I, I don't know. He just he's been great. So I, I especially right before the bye, eight for eighty eight and two touchdowns. So my I, only I think thing with Ertz is I don't think he's played with Murray yet. I think you're right, and he hasn't played mm-hmm. with Hopkins. So I think I that that's that. why I bumped him down a little bit. Well, I know that's why I bumped him down a little bit. I don't know that he won't still be the same. I think that he'll still be good. We'll see how it goes. But other side of the ball, I don't know if it's Andy Dalton. I don't know if it's Justin Fields. Either way, I'm not interested in either of them. Uh, David Montgomery, I mean, you play him, but it's going to be a tough matchup. The Arizona Cardinals are the number two running defense right now in fantasy. Um, we all agree you can play Darnell Mooney. Um, Mooney's been great, man. And I really was not a Mooney fan. I, I thought Mooney sucked. But lo and behold, he's he's actually been really good for fantasy, especially over the last three weeks. Um, you know, Last two weeks, he had over 120 yards. Both games had a touchdown on one of them. I mean, he's just he's been getting very much involved in this offense. So you can start Darnell Mooney, and that's it. And Allen Robinson, you ranked at seven thousand, so that sounds about right. Yeah, I did. I ranked him seven thousand, and um, <laughs> he's not, he's not even practicing, so he might not even play. I don't think he plays this week, but I mean, we, we Who cares? I, I've said it before. I mean, it's just if his name wasn't Allen Robinson, you wouldn't be rostering him. You should you shouldn't be at this point regardless of his name. Like there's no reason for like to hold on hope. Like it's it's like you've said about him in the past. If you drop him and somebody picks him up and he does good, so be it. Yeah. See, like like he I agree. He's one of those players where it's let someone else deal with the headache. It's just, it's not worth it to me. It's too stressful, but and painful. But all right, moving on. The five and six Vikings. Taking on the 0 10 and 1 Detroit Lions. Vikings favorite at minus seven, over under 46 and a half. Um, I actually like Kirk Cousins a lot this week because I read a thing somewhere saying that um with Dalvin Cook out, that means they're gonna kind of shift the offense to not be so run-centric. They're gonna try to get the pass involved. Plus, the Detroit defense gives up everything to everybody. 
So we all love Kirk Cousins this week. Alexander Madison, we all think he's a top 10 play. Um, unfortunately, he's not Dalvin Cook. Very good running back. Potentially could have been a starter if he was on a different team. But, you know, he, he's definitely a strong play this week. We love JJ. We love Thielen. All of our rankings for those those two guys are all pretty close. And Tyler Conklin, no. It's a good matchup, but th- there's better options out there. Yeah, other side of the ball, Jamal Williams. I mean, you have to start him. You, you know, he's going to be an RB2. But it's just, it, you know, t- tough sledding for him. The, the Minnesota defense is actually not very good, but I feel that, like, would you be surprised if Kirk Cousins throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns and it's going to force Detroit to have to pass the ball instead of just running it and they don't have wide receivers. So No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you play Jamal Williams. I didn't rank any of their wide receivers because I don't want – any of their wide receivers. I mean, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be St. Brown. Yeah, I ranked him, but the highest I ranked any receiver is 61. So take yeah, that I mean, for what it is. It's TJ Hawk. And, you know, you play Hawk, you play Williams. That's it. And and even then, like Hawkinson, he had the touchdown. I think it was last week he had a touchdown. So, I mean, that's nice that that's happening again. But, I don't know, this Detroit... Just congratulations on getting the number one overall pick, Detroit. Just, you know, Detroit really, what they really should do, if they get the 101 this year, they should really trade back and get, like, another first-round pick and more. They need depth. Like, they're just bad all the way around. And it's sad to see players like DeAndre Swift get wasted. Yeah, you know what's crazy, though? is like, I feel like there's worse teams than Detroit. And Detroit has barely lost to some good teams. Yeah. Like, they're like, – I, I agree with you. If they get the 101, like, trade back for, like, another – try to find a team that has, like, another a later first in, like, two seconds or something like that. Yeah. And maybe even more because, like, they're – I don't feel like they're that far off. I feel like they could use, like, a receiver, some offensive lineman, and then their offense would be f- fair. I mean, Jared Goff's serviceable. He did decent with the Rams. And mm-hmm. then just solidify the defense a little bit, and they'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, if they had a legit wide receiver, their defense – I mean, we talk shit. The reason why their defense is bad, it's because their offense is so bad. They don't keep the defense off the field. You know, a lot of three and outs, a lot of just – so the defense, you know, and the more time you spend on the field, the more tired you get. So it's just – it. you know, if, if, they, if they can get a better – if they can upgrade that O-line – because they, you know, Panay Sewell, he's actually really good offensive tackle. Their their draft pick out of Oregon. I think he's like Taylor Decker. He's actually a very good offensive lineman as well. But he's been hurt all year. You know, DeAndre Swift's a stud. If they had a legit wide receiver, and if they could upgrade the defense a little bit, they actually might not be a bad team. Especially with Aaron Rodgers going to be a Denver Bronco next year, and looks like the the rain in Green Bay is coming to an end after this year. Because you said Saint wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, it could, it could happen. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. Devontae Adams is probably going to be gone. So Green Bay is going to be done. Um, Kirk Cousins ain't, you know, changing the right. landscape in the NFL. They could be like the same as the Vikings are. Is kind of what I'm saying. 
Like, yeah. good enough, but not... Like, they aren't going to be great, and they probably won't win a Super Bowl anytime soon. But, like, they could be, like, wild card contending team with just a couple pieces. Yeah, but, you know, if they could get, like, a Devontae Adams-esque wide receiver, you know, that, man, that, that would be a lot more fun for everybody. So, all right, moving on. Two and nine Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the seven and four Rams. Rams are favored at minus 13, over under at 47 and a half. Jacksonville, man. I don't know. James Robinson. That's probably it. Yeah, that's yep. it. You can't play that's anybody. It. That's all I would play. I mean, I want I want Marvin Jones to be a thing again because he was early on, but it's just not happening. Well, the problem is some of these older players too. I mean, we've seen it before. They get off to a hot start in the beginning part of the season, but then the body just doesn't hold up and it gets tired. Well, that yeah. and he really fell off once. What's his face got hurt? Shark. Yeah, well, I mean, like, when you take they away focus like more on him, it was pretty yeah. much game over. And DJ Chark's actually a very good wide receiver, so that 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 definitely does hurt. And then you know Dan Arnold goes on to the IR. I don't know if his season's done. I don't know if it's short term, but he's going to be gone for four to six weeks, which kind of lines up with him probably not playing the rest of the year. So, other side of the ball, good matchups for everybody. Uh, Matt Stafford struggling a little bit lately. Had an okay game last week, but you know we think he gets back to form. Daryl Henderson, he's a, he's a good strong play this week. Cooper Cup's going to be good. I like OBJ this week, even though I haven't really liked. You know, I, I've been very vocal about my. You know, but I think that was also playing with Baker Mayfield because he's a bad quarterback. So, um, you play Odell Beckham. You know, we got him in that wide receiver two, a high wide receiver three, low wide receiver two range. Van Jefferson, we all think he's a sneaky flex play. Actually, I like. I think Van Jefferson actually scores a touchdown this week. Um, I I love the way they're using him too. Like, yeah, like he's he's got the skills, but they're also using him great in like great situations. That could add or produce fantasy value in a few amount of targets. Yep, yep. And then uh, Tyler Higby could realistically be dropped. It's it's not going to happen for him this year. I mean, he's had. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. He's only had one game this entire season where he had double digit fantasy points. So, you know, look look elsewhere for tight ends. And the last game we're going to break down tonight, we got the 6-5 49ers taking on the 3-8 and eight Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco favored at minus 3, over under 45 and a half. Uh, Jimmy G, it's a good matchup, but I think losing Debo this week really limits his upside. I actually, when I was doing my rankings, I ranked Jimmy G a little bit higher. And then I was like, oh yeah, Debo's out. Now I don't want to play Jimmy G. So, you know, I mean, if you're desperate. Damn good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, you know. I'm doing my rankings. Oh, well. It's a decent matchup for him, but nah. Elijah Mitchell, you and I both are in agreement. He's going to be an absolute stud this game. Seattle can't stop shit. I mean, their defense is just bad. Plus, Elijah Mitchell, man, you know, after missing a little bit of time, Got that robot hand coming in strong. He's looking really good. Um, so we both have him as a top five play. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I had a tough time ranking him because he actually looked pretty good last week. But I think that also helps when Debo Samuel is one of the best wide receivers in the league. But now that he's probably not going to play, I actually don't like 
I, I ranked him at, you know, I got him at 26. I got him ranked the lowest out of all of us. But even then, I felt I was a bit high on that. I, I wanted to put him in the 30s to 40s because I just, I have a feeling this is going to be a Mitchell game, a Mitchell or a Kittle game. Um, that's just kind of what I feel on that. And, and then Kittle, you, know, you always play George Kittle. I mean, yeah, goddamn, George Kittle, man, since he came back, he looks great. Yeah, and I put Ayuk high because really, other than against the Rams the last four weeks, he's had over 12 points a game and Samuel's out. So I was like, okay, we can move him up a little bit. I might be too high on him, but I feel like, you know, him and Kittle are going to be the main passing targets here. And plus he fits that formula of young receivers who break out in the second half of the season. And it's starting to look like he's doing that. I agree with you. Other side of the ball, (laughs) let Russ cook, but Russ sucks right now. I mean, we still ranked him high-ish because it's Russell Wilson. He's just he's a high-end quarterback too. But, I mean, that what a disappointing year for Seattle. I mean, which is fine because I don't like the Seahawks anyways. But then Alex Collins, you know, you always want to start a running – a start. you always want to have a starting running back in fantasy. But I don't even know if I'd want Alex Collins. I mean, it's just he sucks. He's – this, this whole you, offense – would you, I think I know the answer, but like, would you rather have like a Tony Pollard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would, agree. I think I actually ranked Tony Pollard higher than Alex Collins, anyways. I believe I, I mean, do too. You just you can't. I mean, you if you're in a position that you have to play him, you have to play him. But we all ranked him as a running like a low mid mid to low running back three. I mean, it's just the, they're not. You know, Seattle used to be a run first offense. But I think the loss of Chris Carson had them rethink their whole process. And now they're a pass-first offense. But Russell Wilson is playing like shit. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, lower your expectations, Alex Collins. Um, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I want to love these guys so much. But it is so hard to love these guys. And it's because Russell Wilson sucks right now. Um, it act- Like I said, it actually hurts me. Because I-, I love Lockett. I think DK Metcalf... He's just a big, strong, better Juju Smith-Schuster. But I, I, I like DK, but it's just – their wide receiver twos lock it to me. He's like on that borderline wide receiver three right now. Um, So that, that that's kind of painful to watch. And then, I mean, Gerald Everett, man, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, Lockett and Metcalf, you still play. It's just a lower your expectations thing like like you said about other players here. But it is – I kind of just wonder if it's more Russ's finger or if there's, like, more going on here. I don't know. He didn't, he didn't look good. Russell Wilson hasn't looked very good pre-finger injury. That's I mean, kind he, of what I was he, thinking, you know. He's had, he's had a handful of good games. Um, let's see. His stat line – I mean, he's the quarterback 26 on the year. But, I mean, he also missed three weeks, so you kind of look, you know. But, I mean, you know, week one had a great game. Week two still good. But then it just started dipping. Although he had a decent game against San Francisco in week four. Uh, threw for 149 yards, two touchdowns. Rushed for 26 yards and a touchdown. So that, that's not a bad game. But, I mean, against a bad Washington defense, threw for 247 and two. So that's not too bad. Yeah. You know what's crazy is he's only got – I mean, he, I, know, I know he's missed some games, but he's still played a fair amount. He's only got one game over 300 yards. 
in one game with more than two touchdowns. And that's mm-hmm. not vintage Russell Wilson numbers there. No. I mean, there's also been rumors that that he he might not be a Seahawk that he might not be a Seahawk next year. Well, this ain't helping his value. No. God no. <laughs> but yeah, then who knows? Like maybe maybe sneaky Pete, maybe he's out. I mean, who knows? Like C- Seattle just seems to be a mess. Just like the city itself, Seattle's a mess. Their their football team's a mess. City's a mess. Um, well, it looks like we have a little bit of time left, so let's go ahead and take a look at some questions. We got one right here. Hey guys, if you're eliminated from the playoffs, should you still consider to make? Should you still make roster moves? Fish, go yeah. ahead. And I'll let. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Ross did this to me. He's not mathematically eliminated yet, but he's close in our home league. And I wanted to pick up Hilliard, and Ross picked him up, you know, just for one, because he could use him because he's not mathematically eliminated, even though he's not playing this week. But also just because, like, play spoiler, like, don't quit on it because that kind of just – it doesn't. I wouldn't say it screws up the league or anything like that, but it does – Kind of, you know, like, like play with what's the word? Um, like for your, I forget what they say when play teams like don't. Yeah, there you go. Play for pride, and and it also makes it so like that way you can maybe, you know, especially before playoffs start, you can maybe win a game, and this will alter the the the, the seating for the playoffs. So mm-hmm. one person could maybe not play somebody that they were hoping to play or something like that. So yeah, you, you definitely should be still at least play till the playoffs start. You know, yeah, if you see, wanna, I, I agree with you. you in our home then, league, in our in our main home league, um, once playoffs start, the people that aren't in the playoffs, their rosters are locked, so they can't do any ads or drops. But I, I agree with you, Fish. I think you play till the end. It's fun. Like I mean, I I've I've only missed the playoffs once in our home league. And I was still making roster moves. I was still, cause one, like you said, you can spoil it for somebody else, but just, I don't know the competitive side of me. I just, I always want to compete. I always want to win. I don't like losing. Um, it actually makes me very sad. Like who, who wants to lose, you know? And, yeah. I so, I mean, it's just, so, so do your, th- you know, always play your best and then just, but have fun with it. Cause I mean, you know, play for bragging rights or make, you know, like, uh, uh yeah, or be a spoiler. Dr- yeah. Well, director Ross and I, we used to do like little, goofy side bets towards the end of fantasy seasons. If like the, the things were kind of like implications were made up and we would do gentlemen's bets where it's like, Hey, you set my lineup. I'll set your lineup. Um, loser buys winner, a drink at the bar, you know, and, and stuff like, I mean, just have fun with it. Just don't yeah, make don't it fun. Stop. Yeah. Like don't stop. And it also, if you can spoiler for you, Josh, I don't think I've ever missed a playoffs in our home league. Um, I might have, I have. Okay. <laughs> then I don't remember. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> then but I don't remember. Way, but either way, like maybe you could, if you're lucky, you're playing the eight seed and you can make it so you can eliminate them. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, ha, huh, I eliminated you. Like I sucked and I still eliminated you. So you sucked yeah, too. Like, like I said, it's just, it, it's fun. Like fantasy football to me is fun. I enjoy this more than most things I have in my life. I mean, it's why we do a podcast about it. We do a show multiple nights a week. You know, we take a lot of time out of our personal lives to do this because I enjoy fantasy football so much. So, I mean, yeah, of course you still play. Um, you play till the end. 
Uh, next question. What was your personal best move you made this fantasy season? Um, me pers- in one of my leagues, I picked up Cordero Patterson. That to me was a huge move. Um, it's, it's panned out greatly for me in our main home league. I have made no good moves. I have somehow won seven games. Um, a lot of it is just, I try to play matchups. I try to pick up streamers because players didn't pan out and injuries and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's one thing. But like I said, my, my proudest thing is like I said, I, it's probably picking up Cordero Patterson because he had like two good weeks in a row and it was in, it was in one of the, you know, the, the nice thing about playing in many leagues is you can have opportunities to do fun things like this was I, I saw that Patterson was doing good things and I was like, he might be really good. And I picked him up and he's been outstanding. So like, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. I, I, I'd say my best moves this year were made in my home leagues. You know, uh, two of my dynasty leagues, both my teams have like over eight players on the IR. So, and those rosters are deeper. So when you pick somebody up, it's really just to fill a spot. You're not really expecting much in those leagues. I feel like dynasty is more a game of drafting and trades, but in our home league, I picked up Elijah Mitchell because I had Trey Sermon and I knew that that wasn't going to go anywhere. I, I also had, what's his face that got hurt? At one point, I don't oh, remember. Mo- Mostert. <laughs> no, I didn't have Mostert. The other there was like three running backs, and it was like Mitchell. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah. I got Mitchell. I spent a lot of fab on him, and it panned out. So that was cool. But another one I picked up pretty early on, Hunter Renfro. Th- those two players, I don't know if I would have made the playoffs with my roster before having them. Yeah. Um, what was the worst move you made this season? Me personally, I did in a lot of leagues was I, I'm a firm believer of waiting on a quarterback and I did, and I drafted Ryan Tannehill in a lot of leagues. And that really kind of set me off uh, to a bad start in a lot of leagues. Cause you know, I had expectations of him being a top, at least a top 10 quarterback. Um, he's not. And that really, Cause you know, I built up depth everywhere else. I was so excited about rosters, but then I just had so many shares of Ryan Tannehill that I was like, well, this sucks because he sucks and it's fucking up my teams. So that, that was a, that was a big move. I was not a big fan of that. I, I did it in multiple leagues, so I had to take it on the chin in a lot of leagues. So fish, what about you? Yeah. I'd say my, my worst move was for, for multiple leagues was probably my draft strategy um i did it in our home league and i did it in one of our dynasty leagues the startup started up this year was i went with players that were somewhat unproven i drafted like rashad mandre stevenson who he's panned out but i had to get rid of him by the time he panned out because it was there was nothing going um trey sermon didn't really pan out very well i took michael thomas in our dynasty league, which is a dynasty league, so that you know it's okay that it he's could, not there could, this it, year. There's still time; you never know. Like next year but, could be great. But like I got no value for him on on it this year. And when you draft the unknowns, if you do it too much on one team, you know, like then it could really lead you to having to depend on your waivers. Which I was lucky that you know in the home league where I could pick up Renfro and Mitchell to 
supplement those bad draft picks, but it didn't start me off very well. Oh, you know what? A, a dumb move I did too is we had a startup Superflex Dynasty League, and I drafted no quarterbacks. That was really stupid. I have uh, Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, and Drew Locke, and that that's been uh, very painful. So don't don't do that. That was stupid. But you know what can you do? Oh, and then you know another thing I want to say before we we sign off for the night. Um, Now's the time to start picking, like looking ahead of weeks. So like, for instance, in our home league, even though I'm more than likely going to lose in the first round of playoffs, I, I, I'm starting to look ahead. So I, I generally don't like to roster two defenses, but I am right now because I have the Arizona Cardinals this week. They play Chicago. I picked up green Bay. Who's on a bye this week, but next week they play Chicago coming off the bye. And then what I'm going to do for when week 15 rolls around, you know, so next week I'll drop a player or one of my defenses to pick up another defense who has a good matchup in week 15. So I always try to look ahead to see what's what's moving forward. It's easier to do with players like defenses because those are kind of interchangeable. It's harder to do with wide receivers and, and running backs because those are, especially in our home league, it is so thin. Our waiver wire is so thin. It, it's, it's embarrassing. Like you can't find anything on there, but Start looking for that kind of stuff. Um, don't get too attached to certain players, um, you know, if and play matchups. I mean, you start your studs, but if you're kind of between two guys, you're like, oh, well, you know, I kind of like this guy. It's like, well, this, look at this matchup. You know, they're playing such and such bad defense. So, I mean, but again, we will guide that penis into the fantasy playoffs and help you guys out. So, Absolutely. Always do. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is a good place to wrap it up tonight. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And thank you for hanging out with us this whole season. Guys, we're almost there. We're getting close. Fantasy playoffs are there. Hopefully, you've heeded some of our words, taken our advices, and, and you have found many, many successful games from us. So, again, thank you so much for listening, guys. Get us on Twitter, Filthy F-Ball Show. Uh, filthy fantasy football show on instagram send emails to filthy fantasy football show at gmail.com again thank you so much king josh josh the king fantasy fish filling in for big rum have a good one y'all